Hey everybody, welcome to Regardless, You Got This. I'm your host, Skylar Sorkin. Say hello to the syllabus for your 20-something soul. The syllabus you never received in college is finally making an appearance. This podcast will inspire you to create your very own 20-something syllabus, ultimately guiding you towards your sole purpose, regardless of self-doubt and what others think. As your host, I'm your human connector. It is my absolute pleasure to introduce you to my superhuman network, a network of 20-something-year-olds, as well as a sprinkle of some older ones who have truly enriched my life by sharing tools that have helped them to navigate their 20s in order to get closer to their dreams. These relationships and conversations have had a deep impact on my personal and spiritual life, allowing me to create my very own syllabus. On each episode, one superhuman will share their breakthroughs, aha moments, as well as the resources that have helped them to find peace, knowledge, energy, and success in their 20s. At the end of each episode, a guest speaker will leave you with several syllabus steps and homework to practice and embody in between each month's episode. I challenge you to digest these stories and allow them to help you curate your very own syllabus, whether that's related to career, personal development, spirituality, love, you name it. We're in this process together, working together towards creating a personal syllabus that is unique to our souls. At the end of each month, we will have a new written step direction, and a conscious goal to work on. So when we get to the end of a regardless season, we have seasoned. Alrighty, let's get to work. Hello, superhumans. Welcome back to yet another regardless. You've got this episode. So this episode is really, really near and dear to my heart. Um, and I know that this episode will speak to so many 20 something year olds out there. Um, especially I know for all of my lady friends. So let's just get to it um, and just really dive into the subject of food, which I know is a crazy, sensitive, touchy subject. Um, There's really just a lot to uncover and unpack in just one topic. Um, However, in this episode, Autumn and I will really be discussing how we can discover our own intuitive eating routine in the midst of a crazy diet culture social media, which we know is a monster, and self-comparison. This is actually like a topic that I don't even fully understand. Um, My relationship to food is something that I'm constantly working on, um, and that's something that I would love to share with you guys a little bit more in another episode of my relationship with food and really what I've got kind of experienced. Um, And, you know, this is an area in life for me that's been really difficult for me to navigate I really couldn't think of a better person to discuss this touchy subject with than one of my closest girlfriends, Autumn Clayman. She is a certified holistic health coach, as well as a creator and founder of She's Plant-Based, which you might all be familiar with. Um, She just is such an empowering soul and really creates genuine, authentic, and kick-ass content on TikTok and Instagram. So my girl, Autumn, welcome to Regardless. Beautiful introduction, Sky. Thank you for having me on here. I love you. I'm so excited to talk about this. Skylar came to my workshop. We talked about intuitive eating. So yeah, it was, it it was really, um, 
life-changing, I guess you could say, um, and really shift my perspective, excuse me, on really understanding the type of relationship um, I want to have with food and with myself and my body and seeing it as a source of fuel rather than something that scares us. Do you mind just sharing with us and kind of summarizing your nutrition journey and really what inspired you to want to help others discover their own self-confidence with food, health, and wellness? Of course. Yeah. I mean, this is something that I'm super open about. Um, so I don't mind, you know, diving into just like every little area because it really brought me to where I am, you know, why I'm a coach, why I love working with women and, you know, why this is, you know, the path that I want to be on. But I would say at a young age, I wasn't really like aware of food. It wasn't like a big, I mean, I was aware of food, but I wasn't, wasn't a big concern to me. Um, I never thought of restricting. I never was like had a binging issue. You know, I grew up, you know, standard American diet, you know, pretty healthy. Um, But the women around me and how they spoke about their bodies really affected me. You know, seeing my mom constantly on a diet or hearing my aunts talk about, you know, the different diets that they're on and my grandma, it was so um, appearance based, you know, women were really praised for the way that we look. Um, especially even as little girls, you know, if we're wearing like a cute dress, like we want to continuously wear that cute dress because we're being praised for that. So same thing with our, you know, physical appearance in every area, not even just what we wear, but how we look like we're highly praised, you know, there's privilege and all of those things. But, you know, I obviously didn't understand that at a young age, but just seeing the women around me really just care about the way that they looked, you know, obviously affected me subconsciously, even though in that moment, I never really judged myself. Um, very petite kid, like very small, always the smallest, you know, I was able to eat whatever I wanted, even if it wasn't healthy, it just Mm -hmm. never affected the way that I looked. Um, I was an athlete my entire life. So I was, you know, very active as well. So that also played, you know, a factor of, you know, my size and stuff. Um, but it wasn't until high school, I, um, I got into a really bad car accident. I had to quit. um, Oh my gosh, Autumn. Yeah, it was really bad. My friend flipped a car. Like I went through the windshield. Oh my gosh, I did not know this, babe. Yeah, yeah. It was really gnarly. So, you know, being an athlete from the age of four all the way up until 15, up until this car accident, it just, you know, obviously that took a toll on my body. So Mm. one, I couldn't work out anymore. Mm. Two, I got into partying, you know, drinking a lot. And with drinking, you know, we're eating fast food and junk food and just wasn't taking care of my body and wasn't really in touch with my body. Um, and then that kind of really shifted things for me. And then also I was a late bloomer, so I didn't even hit puberty until yeah. like, <laughs> so like the boobs are coming in. I was getting hips and like, oh. what's happening? At once, shit. All at once. So, but it was the first time in my life I started to feel really insecure mm. and just seeing my body change. And it just like, didn't really make sense to me. Um, so obviously began really judging my body and just trying to think of different ways I can lose weight. And, you know, obviously hearing the woman around me on all these diets, I'm like, Oh, you know, you want to lose weight. You just change your diet, right? You don't change the way that you live your lifestyle. You just do a three week diet and then it's Mm -hmm. fine. And then everyone, everything goes back to normal. So I started dieting like my senior year of high school and you know, it was just, wasn't super serious. It was more of just like, I'm going to have blueberries and coconut water and chicken and rice 
all day and like later I <laughs> which is like, still so unhealthy and restrictive <laughs> so bad oh god I'm like sis like no Girl. wonder why you were grumpy <laughs> yeah no wonder why you had no energy literally yeah like, no energy and I didn't take it that seriously though it was just like one of those things I was like okay like whatever this is stupid like I'm gonna go back to my normal way of like being an ED and so it wasn't until um, I moved out, I moved out to my parents' place. I moved up north um, in San Francisco mm-hmm. with, with my aunt and my uncle. You know, I needed a change of scenery. I was getting into a lot of trouble. You know, that's its own story in itself. But just going down a really dark, bad road, and I needed to leave my environment. So my aunt and uncle just took me in. And it was the first time I was ever really with myself um, with my thoughts mm. alone. I was like, what is this chatter in my mind? You know, cause I was always around friends. I was, you know, when I wasn't with my friends, I was drinking, I was doing yeah. drugs. Distractions. So, distractions. Yeah. All the time. And coping with substances and drugs to right. not, to quiet that mind chatter and those inner exactly. thoughts. Yeah, exactly. So I was also sober for the first time in a really long time. You know, I struggled with addiction, um, in my earlier years. And it really opened up my eyes and really a lot started coming up, but I didn't know what to do with the information. Um, I didn't know who to talk to. You know, I wasn't going to therapy. I was someone very, very, very reserved, very private, very guarded. You know, not even my parents around me just, you know, knew what was going on. I was always like, I'm fine. Shut the door. Don't talk to me. Mm. So I didn't even know what to do. I was like, okay, this is coming up. I started journaling. And I started getting into writing that helped a little bit, but I've started going down another rabbit hole and found addiction in different ways because obviously I couldn't drink or do drugs at the time. So um, became very obsessed with going to the gym. I was going two, three hours a day. Um, and then also really got into healthy mm. eating, um, which was really just counting my calories and just controlling what went into and my body. For- anyone who didn't, who's not saying video, healthy eating was in quotes. Yeah. In quotes. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't healthy. No. <laughs> it was like literally cutting out food groups. And I was like, it was to the point where it was like, I was counting like every blueberry, like the calorie, like it was so obsessive, but like, because I would, I had such addictive behavior mm-hmm. as well. Like this became my addiction and I saw the quick results and the people around me were praising me for the way that I looked. Yep. So I was like, oh, what I'm doing is working. This mm-hmm. is healthy. Mm-hmm. This is great. I look good. That must mean I feel good. I didn't feel good. No, felt- it's sort of this sense of control mm-hmm. when you're in life and you're not feeling like you have control over whatever aspect or part of your life that you're struggling with. What you eat and what you intake is is what you can really control, and it's an addiction, and it's really exactly. scary, and it's all mental, and it's sad how it has to come out, and we we have to take it out in our bodies. I'm not sure if you did this, but it was that stupid app. I forget what it was called. It's oh like my calorie, god! Like I fit. What was that, it called? Yeah, was it not my fitness pal? Or was like it is my it, fitness pal? Was it? I would literally. Yeah, I would track all of my calories. into this machine and at the end of the day whatever you know my calorie intake was that would really define my self-worth at at one point Uh uh-huh oh yeah really sad it was sad I totally relate to that and like 
even that and the, like the amount of calories I was burning that I was counting the number on the scale by the way I don't even own a scale anymore I haven't said I don't either. I don't like I got rid of all of it I got rid of, Can like, I, I don't <laughs> yeah I'm the doctors I can't look at the scale oh I close it my eyes triggers me I go I don't want to know I close my eyes and I I just don't know yeah I don't know I don't need to know no. it doesn't matter because I feel good mm. so yeah I mean so living at my aunt's house that was a whole thing and then I ended up getting really really sick and I was in the hospital and I was experiencing anxiety for the first time I was having panic attacks I literally thought I was dying I was like my life is ending right now and this spiraled fast this was just within a month when I started exercising you know controlling you know all the food that went in my body ended up in the hospital just it was really gnarly and I packed up all my stuff and one day my dad flew out picked me up loaded up the car we drove home and it was really scary I didn't know what was happening I wasn't this is the first time really me ever even struggling with mental health and depression and uh really just acknowledging it I think it was me more so I struggled with it but I was actually seeing it for the first time Mm. I was actually waking up to it I was like you're becoming aware there's there's an issue yeah yeah so then I was home things got a little bit better um And then I fell back into old patterns with alcohol and drugs and that spiraled really quickly as well as my eating disorder. Um, I was on like five different prescription medications for um, ADHD, depression, um, anxiety, um, was addicted to those. And then, you know, with the combination of uh, Adderall and my eating disorder. Mm. Um, I lost so much weight. I was, you know, trigger warning, but I was like probably 30 pounds underweight from where I am right now. And it was really scary, but I, you know, I was spiraling and I was out of control and I didn't know what was going on. And my breaking point was just, I remember looking at myself in front of the mirror. I was like, I was, I was like, who is that? I literally, yeah. I couldn't, I was like, who is that? I was like, that's not even me. I completely lost myself. And it was the scariest thing ever. But I knew from that point, I was like, I have to change. And again, someone keeping everything in, I was too scared to express it to my parents. I was too scared to talk to my friends about it. Everyone knew people made comments, you know, you're looking really skinny. Is everything okay? Mm-hmm. We haven't seen you. Are you actually eating the food that you're posting? Like, little comments like that. Yeah. Which doesn't help just so anyone knows. No. Enhances the eating disorder. Um, Positive, negative comments, any comment really, it it triggers something. It's Mm -hmm. pretty wild. And it's like, and, and I think that's like the hard thing too. It's like people aren't fully aware of what's actually going on. You know, they don't know what they're saying, what is triggering you. So yeah, I mean, it was a cycle for, you know, a few years, but I really decided to just disconnect. I disconnected Mm -hmm. myself from everyone and everything and just went through my own, you know, little detox. And that looked like removing myself from social media, removing toxic people out of my life, focusing on myself, um, really just shut out the outer world you know obviously I was going to work and I was going to school and I was doing all these things but it was a time for me to really discover myself and to really you know heal and initially I didn't even know what I was doing you know I just started going to yoga 
I started, you know, reading these spiritual books and just understanding, you know, my mindset and, you know, what is truth, what is not truth. Yeah. And really yeah. just, yeah, becoming just very, very curious and questioning literally everything in my life. And, you know, to be quite honest, I never read a book about intuitive eating or, you know, any of that. That was something kind of just I learned on my own. But the biggest thing that I learned is the way that I view food and myself literally had nothing to do about my appearance or food. It was something way deeper. And like you were saying earlier, it was my desire to control. It was my desire to punish myself. It was my desire to be this perfect person. But this perfect person was so unrealistic and so unattainable and I completely lost myself throughout the process and I had asked myself why am I doing these horrible things and it just came down to my self-worth and the way that I viewed and looked at myself so really learning how to heal the inside first Um, but also deeply curious to understand food I'm like why why do I hate food so much food does nothing wrong to me we need food to survive as obvious as that is so I just really wanted to learn the science behind food and, you know, how our body operates. So uh, the two books that I read was The China Study by um, Dr. Colin Campbell and then mm-hmm. How Not to Die by um, Michael Greger and both about plant-based eating. But it was really mm-hmm. eye-opening. And I was like, food is so healing. Food is so powerful. And when I began nourishing my body and eating foods from the earth, I unintentionally got off all of my medications, wow. all of my physical, you know, issues that I had going on. I really just began healing mentally and physically coupled with, you know, meditation, journaling, and all these other practices. I really began just seeing a huge shift in my life. And I was like, you don't need the diet, you know, yeah. you don't need the pills. You don't need all these things. Once you get to that root problem and you begin healing that, that is when everything changed in my life. Wow. Autumn, and I, I'm just so astonished and amazed that you were able to just be really curious because being curious takes a lot of strength and getting really deep and having those deep conversations with yourself in regards to why. Like, why am I doing this to myself? What am I trying to get to? What's mm-hmm. actually underneath everything, really? Right. Like, once I achieve this perfect body sky or autumn like what do you think you're gonna achieve 100 percent. yeah it's like those triggers are gonna be there but like I think the thing too is like we're gonna have these thoughts and we can do whatever we we want with these thoughts I always say the great thing about being a human being is the power of choice Mm. we can either choose to feed these negative thoughts or I can look at it okay like I'm looking at myself in front of the mirror I notice that I'm judging myself. Are we going to spiral and sit here and, you know, play the victim and poor me, I'm so ugly. I'm so this, I'm so that. Or is it like, you know what? I'm going to choose, you know, to look at myself and tell myself I'm beautiful and tell myself something kind and just be like, I'm a work in progress. It's okay if I don't love what I see in the mirror right now, but I know the road that I'm going down is going to bring me, you know, more peace um, and, you know, practicing that kindness. I love it. So. Yeah. So what, what was like the transition from you really having your own nutrition journey to wanting to help others? Yeah. I mean, for me, I've always, my entire growing up, always wanted to help people. I've always felt very connected to people. I've always just been very sensitive um, to others, but I never really knew what exactly I wanted to do. Um, Went to school for psych 
you know, went that route, um, really loved it and enjoyed it. But as I was in school, I'm going through my own issues and, you know, kind of reaching my rock bottom with things and picking myself up and out of that. I was like, I just came out of, you know, one of the darkest moments of my entire life. And I felt like I now need to pass on that message. I really want to teach others, you know, it doesn't have to be this way and that there is light at the end of the tunnel. Because my biggest thing is I never want to see people struggle. I never want to see people suffer. And I just always want to hold space for others because I was someone that bottled things in and I saw mm. how, how much that um, really affected me. So I just knew I really wanted to help people after that. And um, once I really started learning about holistic health and how interconnected things are, and then, you know, going through training through IIN, the school that I went to, um, it just really opened up my eyes and then having my social media platform and then that did really well. And people asking me all these questions about my own journey. I'm like, whoa, like what's happening? Like people really yeah. like, want my advice. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I need to get some credentials. I can't, Hell like, yeah. <laughs> I can't just like do this. But I was like, this was all meant to be though. Mm-hmm. This all happened for a reason. Yeah. What I went through sucked yeah, what I went through is painful, but I can now help people because I've actually experienced it. Mm. And that's what I look for when I, you know, I'm seeking help. I'm like, have you actually been through it? Or are you just like acting like, you know, you, you kind of know about these things or yeah. have you gone through eating disorder? Have you gone through depression? Have you gone through anxiety? That's the, those are the, the, the opinion that I value the most. It's like those people have actually lived through it. So it's like, I've actually lived through it. And now I really just want to help and share people and, you know, dive deeper in that. And, you know, now going back to school for psych and wanting to dive into that more. Power of community. Yeah. I love it. Okay, Autumn. So there is some uncertainty around intuitive eating. Mm -hmm. So can you please define for us what intuitive eating actually means and how we can really incorporate intuitive eating into our daily lives? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, simply intuitive eating is like, you are the expert of your body and your hunger signals. Like it's really just that, but throughout our life, we've been really taught to ignore intuition, to ignore our hunger cues. And I think this is such a good example of like, you know, growing up, we had to get up at a certain time. Our parents were like, Hey, you got to eat breakfast right before school. You know, you need to get your energy in. It's like, what if I'm not hungry for breakfast, but you know, we had to eat it. Yeah. And then we go off to school and then, you know, there's snack time and we have to be hungry at snack time. It's the time we have to be hungry at, you know? And then there's rules in the classroom. We're not already in class. And it's like, well, what if I'm hungry? What if I want to snack? You could get a detention. You can get kicked out of the class. You could get a call from the parent. It's like, it's like we were taught to just ignore that in the classroom. Yeah. And then lunchtime comes around. We had to be hungry at lunch. And then dinner time rolls around and we have to, you know, eat at the dinner table. And if then we don't eat all of our food, our parents are going to keep us there because look, we're ungrateful if we can't eat all the food on our plate. We're a bad person. You know, there's starving kids in Africa. Like mm. the amount of times I heard my mom say that. And it was like, we were taught to just like, even if we're full to like eat more than that. Or when we were hungry, we were taught not to eat. And we were taught that depending on what time the clock says, we have to be hungry at that time. So restrictive so, at such a young age. So restrictive. Yeah, at a young Damn. age. Like, like when we were babies, we didn't think about that. No. We cried. we cried when we wanted food. We got food. You know, we weren't like, you know, sneaking bottles and yeah. like doing all these things. 
but having a cookie like, out of the fridge at like midnight. <laughs> like, no, we've just been learned to like honor it. And then like, we've been learned, we've been taught to whatever, you know, your upbringing was like, you're sad. Oh, you fell on the ground. You got hurt. Here's a cookie. So mm. we associated sadness, mm. these emotions with food. You're sad. That's huge. Isn't that huge? I have like chills. But yeah, it, it's so true. Or, um, you know, I think that's, that's like a great example. Yeah, your face right now. Yeah, shocked. that's spot on. I've yeah, never but, even realized that. Right? You got a good grade. I'm going to take you out for ice cream. We've associated like, oh, I can only have these like special treats if something really great happens. Or if I'm sad and like kind of in the dumps, food's going to make me feel better. So like heightened emotions. Yeah. Yeah. So we've been taught to like not how to cope with our emotions properly. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a huge thing. So I'll go over just a few things, but I think yeah. the first thing is trusting your intuition. You know, kind of just what I've gone over is like, we've been taught to ignore intuition, um, especially when it comes to food. So learning just really, you know, this is a process. Um, learning, you know, how to honor your hunger cues, how to honor the foods that you want, you know, because sometimes intuitive eating is, what if I wake up and, you know, I'm craving cake for breakfast? You know, intuitive eating isn't always eating, you know, quote unquote, the healthiest. Mm-hmm. It's really honoring whatever the body wants. So it's really tapping into that and not putting pressure on yourself. Like, oh, it's 8 a.m. Like I need to eat. Like if the body's not hungry, the body's not hungry. If you want to have breakfast at eight o'clock one day, but then 12 o'clock another day, that's totally fine. Yeah. There's days where I have six meals. There's days when I have three, you know? So, so many things come into play. Um, so really just tapping into your intuition and creating more um, stillness around that and checking in with yourself. Yeah. You know, is this, is this a place of just like my mind Am I forcing myself to be hungry? Am I forcing myself to stop eating? You know, are these just stories that I'm telling myself? Or what is my body actually feeling? Mm-hmm. Like, what is my intuition telling me? You know, our intuition is yeah. in the body. So connecting to that, because we're so in the mind. We're so in the mind. So in the mind. mind. And getting out, of, getting out of the mind and out of your restrictive eating routines. I mean, for me, oh my God, I'm, I'm a work in progress. <laughs> But, you know, growing up and dealing with my relationship with food, I mean, when I was really struggling, I would not let myself eat until literally 1 p.m. It's crazy. And then from like my restricted time schedules, of course, I was restricting what I was eating and then of course, over-exercise. So it's kind of just getting out of that that those the time and the schedule and just checking in with your actual body mm-hmm. rather than these stories, what right. I don't know, influencers doing are doing, what diet culture is saying, and pausing. Just mm-hmm. pausing. Yeah. I agree. Like that's why I'm a huge advocate for meditating. Yeah. Journaling, just stillness, being with yourself even if that's just like, you know, really checking in with yourself throughout the day. Um, that's something that personally has really helped me. You know, I'm not looking around at what other people are doing when it comes to food or when it comes to my body. I, I've learned how to, you know, really stop doing that. And of course I can find myself in comparison, but I have to take a step back and like, mm-hmm. Autumn, that's not my truth. That's not my story. 
what's actually good for me? What do I need? What's good for my body? Because I think something that really needs to be stressed is bio-individuality is what works for one person may not work for another. And that's just truth. I think a great example is intermittent fasting, horrible for women, great for men. All the studies are done on men. Women. Are you serious? It's nuts. It's fucking nuts. Yeah. So like we, like women, like we also, our hormones come into factor. Yeah. Eating for our hormones. Like that's something that's really important. Like a lot of what these girls are doing, you know, restricting under eating, it's going to give them the reverse effect because the body is just going to begin to store fat because it's going to go on fire flight response Mm -hmm. because you're not nourishing it. So with women, like that's why I like eating six small meals a day because I'm keeping my blood sugar up. You know, I'm not having these crazy spikes. So, so much goes into factor when it comes to that. And to take information that you hear about different diets and lifestyle with a grain of salt. And just, again, you have to go back to you. Is this making you feel good? Checking in with your energy levels. You know, how are you doing? Um, something like intermittent fasting, you know, if you're waiting until whatever time to eat and you're like, I'm so hungry, like then feed the body. <laughs> Why aren't you not eating? That means you don't trust yourself. That means you don't trust your body. And it's all about learning how to build that trust. And so if we're constantly ignoring these signals, how are we ever going to have a good relationship with ourselves? We simply can't feed the body when it's asking for food. Yeah. Can you, do you mind explaining um, a little bit more about bio-individuality? Yeah. So, I mean, bio-individuality, so many factors come into play. Um, Genetics, um, you know, your own background, food sensitivities and allergies, um, you know, our bodies are all built so unique mm-hmm. and so different. So there isn't such thing as a one diet fits all. And I think the best thing to really understand you and your body is really just exploring it all, exploring it all. And, you know, personal example, like my, my diet has changed throughout my entire life. I don't, you know, I'm not, I don't eat the same things every single week because I don't want that every single yeah. week. You know, prime example of bioindividuality is too is is seasons, um, eating with the seasons. You know, we obviously like crave certain things. We, you know, during the summer we want more like light, like smoothies, salads, sushi, and then in the warmer months we want you know more grounding, warmer things like soups, stews, curry, all of those things. So you know, seasons have a really big effect on the body and how it feels and how it responds to food as well. So kind of just you know tapping into that. Um, and getting rid of like these food rules that we create for ourselves as well. You know, making peace with food, bad and good. This yeah, food's it, bad. This it's food's crazy because like you look at, oh my gosh, like I'm gluten-free. But <laughs> hey, can we just look at how many alternatives there are for like gluten-free chips? You're still right. eating carbs and I don't, I don't know. I used to be scared of gluten and, and cheese Mm -hmm. and I am lactose intolerant, but everything in in truly moderation. No. And I think, and that's a big thing too. Like the marketing around it. It's like, I remember this girl was like, Oh my God, I went to the store and I got gluten-free strawberries. I'm like, sweetheart. They literally put (laughs) gluten-free on strawberries because that's where the mind goes. People think automatically gluten-free. Oh, it's so healthy. Wait, what? No. Yeah. I'm like, you can look at these products, look at a, bag of chips that's gluten-free, but like there's ingredients that you cannot pronounce. So when it comes to food, Mm. I always say, simplify it, go back to the basics, go back to, you know, foods from the earth, plant-based foods, 
you know, things that are real, things that we can actually pronounce. Like, I don't know what the crazy ingredients, xanthan gum, you know, dye, red, red 64, like all these, like, I don't know what I'm putting in my body. So when it comes to diet, when you're really confused on what to eat, just go back to the basics and look at the ingredients. And if you can't pronounce something, like it shouldn't be in your body. Yeah. So, but kind of going back to like bad and good and like bio-individuality, like same thing. Like, like I personally, like, you know, I can't eat specific things because of how it responds. I can flare up, I can break out, but you know, I look at, you know, some people, they can drink whole milk and they're fine. I'm like, if I drink whole milk, um, I'm bloated for three days. Oh yeah, thank I have you. A stomach ache. I am my out. Skin's <laughs> so it's like some things work for people, and it's yeah. really just playing around with your diet, you know. And like my diet, like I said, it's always changing. You know what I ate last year and years prior to that. Like I don't eat anymore. Our taste buds change. So really, just again coming down to curiosity. Be curious. Explore different foods. Have fun with it like food is exciting. Food is fun. Like it doesn't have to be like this, like bad, strict, hard thing. Like food is not a number. It really is not a number. So like detaching yourself from that idea. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, Autumn, I would love to hear your thoughts on getting into really diet culture Mm -hmm. and how it relates to people who are perhaps healing from an unhealthy relationship to food or really just trying to focus on calling in that intuitive eating. But are constantly bombarded by diet culture, which seems kind of impossible to escape, quite honestly. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely something really challenging. And like, especially in the beginning of, you know, going through my eating disorder um, or trying to, you know, overcome that and build a healthy Mm -hmm. relationship with food. People are constantly talking about it. Not even just women, men, men as well. Everyone's talking about food. You know, big thing we hear is just food guilt. Oh, I, you know, you know, I, I ate this at this time. I had this stuff. Maybe I shouldn't have done that. But I would say really try to minimize the noise as much as possible. Um, social media is huge. Social yeah. media is a big thing. So really anyone that's triggering you or is not good for you, unfollow. Like that's just a really great way to filter that out. And follow people who really inspire you, who are really empowering, who just don't put the focus and emphasis, you know, on their body and calories or you know whatever that it is so really just trying to cancel the noise in that way um you know unfortunately I've had to remove myself from specific friends yeah because and and it's hard I love them dearly and deeply but like the way that they speak and think and act around food it's hard it's really really hard and once I was personally around girls who could eat and I saw that food lit them up and it was exciting. It made me fear food less. It was yeah, like, it's okay. healing. It's healing. Yeah. So creating community around food. And like, I think a big thing too is, um, we talked about this in the workshop, but like, you know, with like something like food fears, mm. like let's say if you and your friend have a similar food fear, conquering that together and realizing diet culture does not care about your well-being. Diet culture does not care about your health. They just care about the dollar and the money that's coming Amen. into their pocket. It, it's a quick fix. Yeah, these diets can work, but is it sustainable? Is it long lasting? It may work for the month, the two months, the three months, but after a while that diet isn't going to work. And then you're going to be like 
hit with a brick and you're just like, oh my God, like I now am in an even worse place. Yeah. So I think the biggest thing is kind of just finding balance with food. Like that's really what it comes down to. And like all these things and the ideas and, oh, this food's bad. This is the best food. You shouldn't be eating this. You shouldn't be eating that. That's not true. That's not true. That's also not your story. That's a story that's been just told throughout the lines. And again, going back to being curious, are these stories that I'm telling myself, is that my truth or is that someone else's truth? Are these just things that I've been told? So yeah. And taking like, taking pride in who you're following on Instagram and not really giving a shit about it. I mean, why would you put yourself under stress, anxiety, and triggers when you know that seeing, you know, someone scroll or pop up on your feed, that it's going to trigger that, that inner voice. That's like, Mm -hmm. you're not good enough. And giving, giving power into that, into that post, into that influencer. And it's, it's just not truth. Um, but what are, what are some ways that we can really just listen to the cues that our bodies are sending us? Yeah. Yeah. No, great question. So I think the first thing, as far as like social media, like, again, take everything that you see with a grain of salt. Like you could see this girl on Instagram with like the most perfect body and she has like the flattest stomach. Mm-hmm. You don't know what's going on behind the scenes. She may absolutely hate herself. She also probably doesn't have her period. She, you know, like, all these influencers who have come forward, like even like Alexis Wren about like her eating disorder, like so much is going on behind the scenes. So don't take, don't look at that image. And like, that's like, like, that's it. Like, that's just mm-hmm. like the, I'm trying to look for the word. Take it for what for. it is. Take it for what it is. Yeah, exactly. Like there, there's so much going on behind it and underlying. And so looking at it that way, but like, Again, like if you're someone that's on social media a lot, like reducing your screen time or taking that time off, you know, personally what I did, I took a break from it for a few months and then I came back even stronger and, you know, whatever boundaries you need to set for yourself, that's really up to you. That's like, not for me to tell anyone um, what you should do, what's the right or the wrong way, Um, but creating boundaries with that and, um, you know, taking everything with a grain of salt, like I said. So I think the biggest practice is just stillness. So finding somewhere quiet, um, you know, meditating on it, meditating with how you're feeling, whatever is coming up. Um, You know, if it's something like you feel like you've been comparing yourself or something, letting yourself feel the feels and like all the emotions um, and then just like letting that go. But as far as something like hunger, that was, you know, something that really confused me. Mm -hmm. And like, I think for me, I, I went, the opposite because during the time of my own healing I remember like I don't know if you were into YouTube like back in the day but like there was like these big vegan YouTubers and like all these girls I would see they were recovering from eating disorders but they're eating like so much fruit and like vegetables and just like overindulging because it was like quote-unquote healthy so then I kind of like got into like went from like restricting to like overeating and then finally I found like that balance but like really like I think some simple things that you can do as far as like hunger is so, well, you're unsure if you're feeling hungry. Okay. We know the, what it feels like physically, our stomach may hurt. It may be growling. Okay. Like that's a big sign that, you know, I should be eating, but also being intentional with it. When you are eating, we're so distracted yeah. We're on our phone. We're on the go. We're grabbing the smoothie. We're walking while we're eating. We're taking the work call while eating our food. Be present. Be 
present with your food. Cause that's how we're really going to even understand our hunger cues. That's really how we're going to understand, you know, if we're full or not and taking time to eat people eat so fast. I know that's my number one. (laughs) I I literally eat so fast because I'm so busy and this is something I'm working on. And when I eat, I'm like freaking starving. So I'm just like sitting there just eating it. Like it's crazy, but I think it's really important to have just a healthy relationship with food. And maybe that is eating it slowly and Mm -hmm. just being grateful that you have the ability to appreciate the culture, the richness, the taste of food. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So really being present and like describing, you know, the flavors, noticing the textures, you know, really appreciating it. And what you brought up, like gratitude, Mm -hmm. we're such a culture of like, I can get food anywhere. It's like, do we really take that step back and really realize that, you know, the processed food has to go through to even get to the store to get to your plate? Like so much goes into that. So like even just saying like simple things, like, you know, thank you food for nourishing me and making me feel my best, you know, thank you mother earth for growing Mm -hmm. this amazing food, really beginning to build a better connection with, with your food, your body and, you know, in the planet as well. I love it. Okay, Autumn, I'm going to challenge you here. Are you ready? Okay, Okay, no, I think this is an amazing, it's a really important question that I'm constantly asking myself and quite honestly being curious about it, um, especially on social media. And I think especially in our 20s, you always being exposed as as an influencer in particular um, and thinking about how much power you actually have, it's, it's amazing the impact that you have on your audience and your following. I know that what I eat in the day style posts are very, very in at the moment with lifestyle, health and wellness, fitness influencers. Um, I, you know, it's hard for me to understand, especially as a female um, and especially for an influencer who maybe struggles with food or, you know, has experienced an eating disorder, just trying to understand an influencer's intention behind this. Really like the impact when like you're posting what I eat in the day and how that may affect your audience because it is, you know, enhancing and adding more fuel to the fire of of diet culture. So curious, Autumn, you specifically, when you're making these posts, like what is your intention? I think the biggest thing for me, if I, and I, and I'm, again, I'm very back and forth with what I eat in the days because I want to be someone who really uplifts people. I don't want anyone to feel about the way that they eat. I don't want anyone to compare my portions um, to theirs. So I don't like, but I also think that they can be really fun and they can yeah. be very inspirational and we can get, you know, really great ideas and like what to mix different foods. And like, I do personally really enjoy, you know, watching them, but then you can like sometimes see specific people and I'm like, that's really all you ate. And again, taking information that you see with a grain of salt, because sometimes people can just be posting this. We could see a really healthy, what I eat in a day. How do we know what, how much they actually, how do we know, you know, all these little things. So I think not um, reading too deeply into it, but I think for me, like if I'm going to like market, like my, what I eat in a day, I'm like what I eat in a day to feel my best Mm. or what I eat in a day to nourish my body, you know, not like what I eat in a day to like look my best and be my skinniest or 
I don't know. But I think, though, with them, I've been very back and forth as well. And I think it's been a difficult thing for me to navigate because even though I'm healed and I can see someone's what I eat in a day not get triggered, I just wouldn't want to do that with anyone else. Yeah. So I've, I've taken a step back from that. Um, but it's also hard because people are like, well, I want like, you know, since you're plant-based, I want to see, you know, like what you would eat for like breakfast, snack, lunch, you know, dinner. Um, so for me personally, I've really just tried to stick with recipes, you know, a week worth of breakfast or a week worth of dinner. You know, I'm not showing my full day eating, but what I would have for dinner, what I, I would like have that. for breakfast. I think that's really smart. I've, right? I and think I those think, are great. I like that better. Yeah. And also the way you kind of frame your caption it's all about fueling my body. It's not about, I want to be this way, which is so superficial and surface level. And right. also I've, I've noticed about your post, which I love is that with every, what I eat in a day post, you're educating what I eat in a day posts are fine, but it's just kind of like an influencer does have a responsibility to fully communicate like the message just with like, you know, paid collaborations and sponsorships. Like, Hey, I'm a fitness influencer. Hence, I'm burning this amount of calories or I'm working out once or twice a day. I'm also hitting my 10 K goal step. This is just because I, I've been there. So I know, but this is like followers and audiences aren't seeing and understanding and being educated on their, you know, their day-to-day lives when it comes to what's, you know, what's being burned and what Mm -hmm. they're intaking and also bio, bringing this back to bioindividuality, everyone has different genetics. Everyone has a different metabolism. If you're going to eat the same thing that an influencer eats per day, your body is not going to respond in the same way. You know, when you see an influencer and maybe it's what I eat in a day post, just being like, hey, I'm going to look at this solely for inspiration. What they love, what they enjoy is not, it's not going to be the same for me. And going back to the why and like continuing to be curious and like, Food is not what brings you value and food is not what brings you self-worth. Also like Autumn, like giving you this opportunity, like what do you want to say to your influencers and your, your listeners, like as a way to really support and help your audience to discern like really what is a healthy post versus a potentially toxic post that could lead, you know, potentially to disordered eating. I mean, well, I think first thing, if like you feel like something is extremely triggering, just begin to just remove that. Like yeah. if you even have like those thoughts at all, bye, like, like get rid of it. Um, if you begin, you know, comparing yourself or comparing the way that you eat to that person, like it's just like not worth going down that rabbit hole because again, like you're looking in the external and like what I was saying before, like what helped me was turning inward and you really have to turn inward, you know, in those moments. But I think also too, like going down like what influencers content you are looking at I think something personally like the people's if I'm looking at what I eat today like there's that I actually value Mm -hmm. I also make sure I I know about this person I know about their background you know they've been really open about their story and their journey you know it's not just like some you know random model who I literally know nothing about yeah never like spoken up about anything and then all of a sudden I'm watching her what I eat in the day and I'm like wow, that was like really triggering. I'm like, I also know nothing about this girl. So I'm just not going to- And just following her because she looks skinny or you want her her body. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. So yeah, I mean, the thing about social media, I think it's such an interesting place to kind of just navigate. But, you know, I think that 
I keep keep close with the people that you you know admire and you like you know I only follow people who inspire me and motivate me and you know really you know open up my eyes and change my perspective on certain things and also have been very open about their own journey you know because I have been too and that's the kind of content that I really like to consume as far as like social media. I wish there were more influencers like you, Autumn. Oh my God, there are, are, but like you're just, you're, you really are. Also, I, this is really interesting. I just had a great thought how we were both saying that we got rid of scales in our life Mm -hmm. and media is a scale for people who have an unhealthy relationship with food and utilizing social media as a way for body validation. And, you know, same way that yes. the scale in real life, right. let's get rid of the social media scale. Like that is right. sort of a form of measurement where we're measuring ourselves and our bodies in comparison to strangers right. and to stories that we're telling ourselves and, and right. things that we're assuming about others that we really don't know anything about. Right. No, I, I love that connection that you just made. That was beautiful. Yeah, that was cool. That's so true. <laughs> no, that was Copyright great. Copyright it. Snaps for that one. Thanks. <laughs> uh, Autumn, so yeah, I just would love like to hear your definition of body positivity and how you think we can really just encourage more of that with our friends and social yeah. media. Yeah. I think with body positivity, I think that there's this idea of like, I have to love and just love every single part of my body. If there's an insecurity, like, no, I have to like love that. There's something wrong with me. I think with body positivity is really just finding that, finding acceptance, acceptance with your flaws, acceptance with the things that you don't like about yourself. And, you know, looking at the things that you do love and appreciate about yourself. Um, I think sometimes with body positivity, it can like be like this push of like, you know, I should love my body. You know, some days, you know, even though I've been on this journey, I don't like the way that I look Mm -hmm. and that's fine. I'm not going to, you know, fall under that rabbit hole of like, you know, I'm this horrible person and all these things. And now I can't Um, eat for the next two weeks. Right. Yeah. And I, and something that really helped me, I remember hearing this a long time ago is like my body is the least interesting is like the most least interesting thing about me. I'm not friends with Skylar because of the way her body looks. Skylar is not friends with me because of the way that my body looks we're friends because there's connection and there's like deep meaning behind it. You know, that's, it's, it's not, our body is just a vehicle that allows us to do like all these amazing things. You know, I get to wake up every day and, you know, make my coffee and like have a hand to, you know, pet my cat. You know, I can walk down the stairs, you know, I can work my job. I can drive a car. I can travel and see like all the beautiful places in the world. Like it really isn't just about the way that my body looks it's also like is my body operating well like that's more important to me like mobility and yeah. like <laughs> like longevity like one day I want to be a mom like I want to be healthy for yes. that like not just for the the appearance and the aesthetic because Have we're all gonna babies. get old one day yes. and our skin's gonna be saggy and like you're, you know and and so. even present and even present be able to have your period and orgasm and have sex drive like Dude, yeah, <laughs> there's so much that you're missing out so on. So much, yeah. If you don't love your body and fuel it yeah. with yumminess, yeah, yeah. So always going back to that, like in those moments, and that's what I go back to when I find myself in those darker thoughts in comparison. It's like, 
my body's fucking awesome. It does great things for me without me even asking. That's the thing. It does it without us even asking. She knows. So. She knows. She knows what to do. She's strong. She's strong. Autumn. Okay. So we are sadly at curtain call. So welcome to our syllabus steps, which is really a time for us to take in every beautiful amount of juiciness we've learned from Autumn and her nutrition journey and really how we can integrate Autumn's insight into our personal lives. So my love, were there any specific tools, books, resources, activities that have helped you really rise above this self-comparison mode and cultivate an intuitive eating routine that really allows you to pause, listen to what your body wants and really gracefully act upon that? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, like I said before, I think the biggest thing was, you know, quieting the noise and turning inward. So finding that stillness um, through, you know, meditation, whether it's through writing. So writing down anything that, you know, can be coming up and um, something that really helped me along the way was, um, you know, shadow work. I don't know if anyone's familiar with shadow work, but our shadow is the side that we don't typically like to look at because it carries a little bit of darker stories. Um, I would suggest looking into Carl Jung. He's a psychologist and he actually coined the term. Mm. But um, shadow work was something that personally really helped me. And I'm going to shamelessly drop this in here, but I have a, a, a guide. Um, I have a journal prompt all about shadow work. So if you want to learn more about intuitive eating and your body and the self in general, um, I recommend, you know, purchasing my self-discovery journal. Amazing. That's something that you need help with. Also, I have a body love guide all about intuitive eating and has really great recipes in there. But I would say, you know, stillness is something that really helped me, you know, practicing curiosity, um, beginning to question things from the micro and the macro level. Um, and then some books that I mentioned earlier, but me wanting to understand the science behind food and why we actually need food. So the China study by Dr. Colin Campbell is really great. And then how not to die by, um, Dr. Michael Greger. And then just a lot of books around mindset really just changed the way that I thought. Um, so the untethered soul by mm, Michael Singer. One of my favorite books. Took I've me read like it so many times. I know it's it actually the first time reading it. It took me about like I'm this is kind of embarrassing, but like six months to get through it because it's so dense and I have such a mm -hmm. hard time quieting my mind. Right. So it, it's it's a juicy one. It's it's good. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, take your time with it. I think that's so important. Um anything Dr. Joe the, the, the Dr. Joe Dispenza. Um, I really love and adore him and he's really bridging the gap between science and spirituality. So he goes more into like the science of like these like different practices that I mentioned, like meditation and stuff. Um, but also my favorite book, my favorite author, You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. She is insane. The most life-changing person. Wow. Um, and her work is just absolutely incredible and eye-opening. And um, she dives into different things about the body and the self you know, insecurities where that is actually rooted from. And she gives like a lot of like homework and like prompts in there as well. And she's just someone that has really helped me. Awesome. I love it. Yeah. Okay. One last question or maybe two, um, any empowering body positivity, kick-ass influencers on Instagram or TikTok that you recommend, um, people following if they want to level up yeah. their feed? Yes. Honestly, 
like my friends. <laughs> yeah, my friends. I want to be shouting out all my girls. No, I freaking love but it. Really though, but honestly, it's true. Like they're even though we're friends in real life, like I love their content no, so I much because it like motivates me. But we got Rebecca Lee Health. My girl. We got Nat's Meat Eats. Um, Sophia Kelly, Sion Camille. Um, Olivia Poling is really great. Her story is so inspiring. And just to see her go from like her eating disorder into the fitness culture. Um, I really love her, her story and journey. If you don't follow her already, Sky. Um, and then also Mallory J. Page. She's just, she's a, um, she talks about body positivity a lot. Um, diet culture calls a lot of people out is ruthless, Um, which I love. Love it. Yeah. Hara the label. Hara, H-A-R-A underscore the label. It's a really great brand. They have like really great sustainable underwear and bras. And I think they create a lot, a lot of other things, but they just show normal women in all different shapes and sizes, skin conditions, different angles. And it's just refreshing. It's really refreshing. I love it. So. Last magical question. How can people work with you, babe? Where do we go? Okay. Talk we to can us. go to social media. Um, at she's plant-based. I am a holistic health coach. So, um, I do work with clients one-on-one. Um, honestly, just DM me if you're interested or if you just want to like go ahead and book a consultation with me, that's um, linked in my bio. But this year is going to be a really big year because I am launching some online courses, um, around just a lot of these topics. So that will be coming in the near future. If that's something, you know, you want to wait for, if you don't want to do one-on-one coaching. So I have a lot of fun exciting things happening um for my coaching business this year i'm so proud of you also i will be linking in um both of your your journal prompt link as well as the body love guide um in episode notes amazing i appreciate you autumn we did it i love you and i feel like i'm just so ready to indulge in a delicious shabbat dinner with you tonight (laughs) and not give two shits baby Food freedom, honey. Food I'm excited. And wine freedom. We're good. Wine freedom. Just, you know, life is too short. It's way too to short. To stress over food. Over <laughs> we food, got bigger, people. We got bigger issues. Dude, I know. I got to vent too later. <laughs> I love you. I'm going to stop recording. Thanks for listening to Regardless. I hope you've learned something from this month's soul conversation and will apply it to your own syllabus. Join me next month for a new guest, a new tool, and a new perspective. If you found value in this podcast, please empower your tribe by sharing, leaving a comment, review, and or subscribe. Catch new episodes on the second and fourth week of every month on all major audio podcast platforms. For more information about my life and updates about the podcast, head to my Instagram at Skylar Sorkin. Thank you for tuning in to Regardless. Now go kick some ass.